0: Hey everyone and welcome to Jaysa's Movies Podcast I'm Jaysa, a geeky fangirl who shares my decades of knowledge and love for the movies So let's delve into the entire cinematic experience, history, and more Grab your popcorn or a snack and let's start the show Loki Season 1, Episode 2 So we get a recap about the Time Variants Authority, and Loki is working with Agent Mobius, and they're going after another variant, which is a version of Loki. Then we start off in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, 1985. A weird side note is in 1994, I was in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, at the University of Wisconsin at Oshkosh, but they're at a Renaissance Fair, and it's the one girl that talks doesn't have that Wisconsin accent. Although if she was a college student or a teacher or maybe a transplant, that could be explained why she doesn't have the Wisconsin accent. A TVA squad opens up a portal and they walk into the Renaissance fair as they are looking for the time variant. We see that the crew has their names or their numbers written on their helmets. Um, Chaos ensues. We see that the bad guy, or what we later learn is Lady Loki, that she's got green power and she can kind of take over the body of anybody that she touches. Although I am saying that she can only take over one body at a time. And then once she leaves that body, it kind of puts that person into a deep sleep state. And this will be the first time that the TVA has ever seen Lady Loki take hostages. Well, I also learned that most of these times where we're seeing Lady Loki is actually not at a Nexus event or Apocalypse event. So she is just kind of playing around being very mischievous with the timeline, kind of messing with the TVA, and then she is doing a lot of damage. So Lady Loki is taking the TVA's equipment From the team so if we were to look at the way the TVA operates I was thinking earlier with all of this that it also reminds me or it's just like the timelines that are in the Umbrella Academy because that's kind of what they did as well. Their people would try to set up certain things so that it kept the timeline going the way it was supposed to, although they didn't reset people. They would just make sure certain things happen. It seemed more like an umbrella academy characters had more free will, where that's what Loki's argument is with the timekeepers, is they're almost saying nobody has free will, because if you mess up their great plan, you're gonna be eliminated. Mobius shows a couple other variants of Loki. Multiverse Lokis. The first one is shown as the Frost Giant Loki. Then we see a Cyclist Loki, which looks like he just won the Tour de France. I mean, he's holding up that big award and that big trophy. Then there's like the Hulk Loki, I want to say. Kind of like strong, muscular. And then you have the old theory, not quite religion, but the Viking version of Loki, which is kind of where a lot of these stories start with. And then we have the trickster Loki with the long beard and green costume. I love how Mobius has really investigated and learned about Loki. I'm also thinking after watching this episode that with the other captured variants, of Loki that Mobius tried doing the exact same thing before he got the Tesseract Loki. I think Mobius tried doing capturing Lady Loki with all these other ones as well. So I'm wondering how long this cat and mouse game has been going on. But I love how Mobius will just let him talk and then he turns around and tells Loki he doesn't believe him that he knows exactly what he's doing and Loki's not used to that because as he even said his people were more gullible than everybody else and Thor being his brother time and time again wanted to believe what Loki was actually saying was true so Mobius gets called into the boss's office all Miss Ravona's trying to figure out what he's doing. And Mobius is continuing to refer to Tesseract Loki as this Loki. So that's why I'm thinking that Mobius has done this before. And they may not be wanting to give him another chance at it. In case you missed it, the pen says Franklin Roosevelt High School. Okay, so on to the rest of the episode. The Tesseract Loki figures out that the variant Loki that they're chasing is probably hiding in the early beginnings of a apocalypse, which there's different versions of apocalypse in the TVA. It doesn't fully mean total planetary destruction. And they go, him and Mobius go to Pompeii to test his theory, which they find no variants detected. No matter what Loki does, he's saying he's from the future, he lets go a bunch of goats, he's throwing food, you know, he's he's having a lot of fun, I think. And he kind of also seems to be trying to explain to Mobius, or Mobius is trying to explain to Loki, about how the Time Keepers, which seem to me like any other being that wants a lot of power as they promise peace, but they're doing many, many bad things in order to maintain order. That doesn't really help, and people will fight back anyway, which is why there's lots of variants and why I think the Loki variant is trying to mess it all up. And so as we go through... And then they end up in Alabama. They find Lady Loki, who I love. I love. I was so glad to see them bring her to life. So Lady Loki first appeared in a comic, Ragnarok, Reborn, in 2008. Now in that comic book, everyone was reborn. And Loki supposedly was reborn as a woman. And then there was a different comic out there that had... Lady Loki was actually born from the same frost giant or fathered by the same frost giant as Tesseract or Asgard Loki. There's lots of different variants, and as we've seen in the multiverse as well that Mobius shows, there's been thousands of different versions of everybody that's out there. And the fact that we know it can be any sex, any type, any creed, any kind of being that it, it doesn't surprise me whether you read the comic or not, that it would be a female. It's awesome. I love how Marvel is really embracing the female characters and really bringing them to life and not sexualizing them as much as they were in the comics. So this way it's super cool. Now the one thing that gets me as well, and thanks to the nerdist.com, breaking down some of these is that when Lady Loki activates all of the charges and they start going into all sorts of different times, if you were to pause your TV and actually see some of these dates showing up like one of them is 1492 in Portugal, which of course is the beginning of Christopher Columbus I'm not sure that's an apocalypse, but did she allow Christopher Columbus to get on there or did she blow up the ship who knows and then there's 1390 Naples in um, Italy which is when that year a new king was crowned by a pope 1984 Sakaar which is the planet where Thor reunited with Hulk and of course Thor Ragnarok had a total 70 slash 80s feel to that movie 1947, New York, was a smallpox outbreak that killed many. 0051, on Hala, which that's the Cree planet. So we're coming back into bringing a lot of these other worlds back into focus. and bring it all back around since there will be more movies coming or, or shows or that kind of stuff. The Marvel Universe is definitely having a long-term plan on this one. 1999 says Cookville, Tennessee which in my research I couldn't find anything except for that Marvel sometimes puts things in their movies and their TV shows, little things that are nods to The creators, the writers, Stan Lee himself. So I'm not really sure what some of this other stuff is. It could also be a multiverse timeline and not necessarily Earth's timeline of us. Now, another one also talked about 2004 Asgard, which was the start of the comic Thor, Son of Asgard, where they were teenagers. So that's super cute as well. But going back to speak about Lady Loki, of course we all know that Tesseract Loki is always doing some kind of scheme. He's always doing something because he totally believes in free will, which we all should. And so I'm not sure he's really after power anymore, but I definitely think he's after creating chaos. When she lights up, all of those charges in the store you start to really see how long she's been playing her game. It's a pretty long time and I really think this also reaffirms that Mobius has used other variant Lokis before to try to catch Lady Loki whose name is Sylvia and it ends up with she escapes through another TVA time portal and Loki follows her. Now, I think he follows her because he's intrigued. Definitely wants to figure out what she's doing, what's going on. Two, it causes chaos to the TVA. So I'm so excited that these episodes are 45 minutes or longer and there is definitely a lot going on. It's not slow. It's not... um, Stagnant, I want to say it keeps on going. But one question that I definitely have as well is Mobius because he doesn't follow exact TVA rules or regulations and they're pretty lenient with him. What's his deal and where did he come from? And I wonder who he might really be underneath. As we know, it's always a misdirection until we find out later on what, who really is pulling all the strings. And I'm not really sure that it's actually the space lizards of the timekeepers. But I hope you enjoyed the episode as well. Well, that's the end. Roll credits. Thank you for joining me on this podcast, and be sure to follow Jace's Movies for more. I want to thank Google, IMDB, Rotten Tomatoes, and more for some of the detailed facts mentioned in this podcast, though most of it comes directly from my crazy fangirl brain. Let me know of anything I might have missed, anything you'd like to discuss or have expanded. You can email me at jacesmovies at gmail.com or follow Jace's Movies on Instagram and Facebook. I hope you enjoyed this show and we'll see ya at the movies.